We welcome you into another episode of OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein, host of Sirius XM's Cars and Culture on Business Channel 132. Electric vehicle news, the related technology companies, and suppliers associated with EVs took a dominant position at the recent North American International Auto Show in Detroit. But the number of questions around the industry's future positioning of EVs continues to grow. Indeed, there are plenty of items to consider, from startups to energy provisioning. So which strategies will emerge as the world finds its footing in the new model of doing business? And there are plenty of people doing business at all levels, as evidenced by the rows and rows of startups and technology companies lining the show floor in Detroit. Today's discussion on Automotive Insiders focuses on the continued shift, the pitfalls, the opportunities, and the path forward for so many companies which are building their strategies in the EV space and beyond. Bill Newman is Chief Industry Executive Advisor at SAP, and he's my guest on this week's episode of OESA's Automotive Insiders. Well, it's always good to see my friend Bill, but now we're sitting here upstairs at uh, Huntington Place, downtown Detroit, at an auto show, Bill. Yeah, it's great to be back and good to be with you, Jason, again. Plenty to discuss since I've seen you even just last time. And I want to focus our conversation to start off with on what the topic of the day and week, month, and year has been, which, of course, are electric vehicles. Give me your, give me your, uh, the scope of the landscape of, of what you're seeing as the most significant changes that have occurred in the last, so let's say, few months, but the the real pivot points that you see also occurring over the next few months. Yeah, for sure. So, Jason, we see, you know, both in terms of supply and demand. Um, since we met last, uh, we've, we've seen the, the, the state of California go all in on their 2035 goals. Um, so most people were skeptical in terms of how those goals will be phased in, but now there are actual year-by-year phase-in targets. Uh, there's a bureau, uh, an agency that's set up now in the state. Uh, they're going to have, uh, for lack of a better word, enforcement and in, in, in monitoring of a- achieving those, those in- uh, interval volumes. And so that, I think, has, has been a real shock. And then it's up to the manufacturers now if they want to sell into that marketplace to respond accordingly which they are. I mean, we've seen this week at the auto show, we've seen uh, big reveals and new announcements, not only by GM and Ford, which we were expecting, but also some incremental new technologies from some of the suppliers. Uh, We've seen a lot of designs of the vehicles that can be fit for purpose, both in combustion engine as well as electric vehicle models, which I think will help. Um, shape what the design of the portfolio looks like moving forward. And I think, the, you know, the big national headline was, you know, President Biden's visit uh, yesterday. We're, we're here on Thursday during industry and media days. And, he, you know, he re-upped his commitment to have half a million charging stations as part of the Infrastructure Act, along with, you know, a number of other subsidiary, uh, subsidies that he had uh, planned as a part of the act. Uh, so that made for good press. Uh, obviously, implementation is always you know, going to be the challenge and implementation against a timeline. Now where you uh, more than likely have 
kind of a bifurcation of the roll-in strategy, you know, the, the North America and U.S. predominant strategy as a whole, and uh, the state of California and probably a handful of other states that typically follow their their emissions guidelines and kind of their suit, maybe a half a dozen states may be operating kind of on their own as, as leading the pack. So those to me, based on what we've seen this week and what has happened since we've last been together, really come to mind. And what are you seeing and hearing from the supply base relative to those um, new developments? Well, I think, you know, overall, the supply base is, is pretty excited uh, at the opportunity to win that new portfolio that represents new, new programs and new product families for suppliers. Uh, I think that it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a different way of actually going about doing business because obviously there's less mechanical parts in, in a traditional EV vehicle than a combustion engine. So there's real opportunities for companies that have done things like fluid system and powertrain and, and even some of the exterior interior, they just design a bit differently now. Uh, moving forward. We're also seeing uh, more of an integration around all the different aspects of the instrument panel. So it's really more of a information console as opposed to, you know, I get a speedometer and a oil gauge and things like that. It's, it's highly integrated now, fully digital. And uh, really seems to be that's going to be the piece from the supply base that's going to mature, I think, the fastest outside of the typical um, EV powertrain and battery plate um, structures. And plenty of companies showcasing uh, here at the uh, Detroit uh, show who, who are now front and center, uh, you know, in terms of the supply base um, demonstrating their own capabilities. Yet there are some obstacles, and those who haven't caught on to the trend might be left behind. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, obviously, um, you know, Magnus come out with some high content ideas. They've They've probably been, in, in my opinion, the lead supplier here at the show. Um, one of the things that will be an obstacle from not just a product perspective, but a consumption perspective, and, and we're hearing a lot of talk about this as well, is this whole idea of, of energy capacity, right? Mm -hmm. So now you have suppliers emerging that are, are trying to come out with things like um, uh, electrical storage. When, and I think we've talked on this show and others that you know, storing electricity for off-peak use and for long-term storage is very expensive. At least currently it is. Um, things like uh, fast charging so that, you know, if one can imagine actually going into uh, a today's gas station and, and being able to fully charge within a 10 to 15 minute period, we're not there yet. But there are people that are working very hard on it and also in things like um, touchless charging, right? Um, just like you would set your iPhone on a charging pad. So um, wireless charging, touchless charging, and in and kind of the dream, as I as I have told people, you know, this is this is my fantasy from the movie Black Panther, right? Where the tram is running down and it's basically charging in this electromagnetic grid space, right? You know, full full consumption, you know, uh, our governor here in Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, she's she's come out and she said, you know, that's kind of her moonshot as it relates to EV charging, to be able to do touchless, wireless, in-motion charging on infrastructure highways. That's a big, bold moonshot, right? Um, we're a long ways away from yeah, that. Yeah, how far are we away from things like rapid charging or 
or that, that kind of grid that you're envisioning? Yeah, so I, I talk about, and, and the good news is, is that it's not just um, uh, research firms that are behind this. You've got the big brands that are actually coming out and becoming what I'm calling energy provisioners. So most people are familiar with Tesla. You buy the car, you get a little sidecar that you put in your house, and you're either pulling electricity off the grid or from your solar panels or wherever your source might be. Um, that whole infrastructure is kind of opened up and everybody's going to offer those a lot like trim kits now and they're going to try to make money and maybe even charging micro subscriptions you know based on that um, in terms of, of faster uh, high capacity charging we're making we're making progress uh, we're definitely not where I think people would like to be and I think frankly the availability of, of working chargers uh, you know, where you pull up and you're in a parking lot and you've got four, four charging stations, two are being used, um, maybe one's available and one is disabled for whatever reason. You know, There doesn't seem to be the service care of charging stations publicly that you would if it was like in a gas station type or an energy type of environment. I'm reminded of you know, the, the portable scooters and scooter geddon that we had back a few years ago <laughs> yes. in San Francisco where people were just literally, I'm done with my ride, I'm throwing the scooter up on the sidewalk and they were getting piled high in different places and, and, and being obstruction to people walking around. But but there's going to need to be some asset care around charging stations and, and, and again, we're not there yet. But those are just industries and, and entrepreneurial spirit that, that, yes. that will spark here, that will solve those problems. I yes. talked to an automaker executive we said, look, it, this is no different than when Henry Ford came out with the Model T and they created roadways. Right, created roadways and had to figure out how to service those vehicles too, right? You know, so you've got, there's, there's a lot of confluence. I think the big talk is going to be, and, and it's, it's highly theoretical, but coming back to California is kind of like the lead test bed. You know, what does the grid look like that needs to support these volumes? You know, we just had, we just came out of a really... Uh, challenging period with the with the fires in, along the west coast um, we had extraordinary heat wave and, and literally had to have uh, the governor Newsom basically request people to turn off their AC <laughs> turn off their AC and not charge their vehicles until <laughs> after midnight or whatever number he gave so that was a little Colorado that, too yeah Colorado and, and you know Arizona is going to be probably not far behind in some of those areas too so you know it um, we're not there yet, but we, we have we have an objective, and I think as an industry and as, as, a, as a research uh, part aspects of that, there's going to be good room for improvement there. How about raw material pricing? Yeah, so that gets interesting too. So I hear two aspects of this. A, how do I predict it? And B, when it goes a kilter, how do I charge my vehicle OEMs back for the increment? Um, so a lot of it is, is highly speculative still. It's starting to even out a little bit, I believe, based on what people are telling me, you know, because we, we have to work with companies that have these, the, have these problems. Uh, going back and figuring out what to upbill your, your OEM is always a delicate conversation to have between <laughs> parties, to, 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 to say the least. To say the least. To right. say the least. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of this is being done, again, you know, you go back to the early days of the pandemic where people were working on their spreadsheets and they were updating their forecasts, you know, daily, hourly, sometimes every 15 minutes. We're kind of having to do the same, you know, you know, blocking and tackling um, analytics with spreadsheets and, and what have you because the data is just not available or it's in like different parts of the organization to make the case for what those <clears throat> those commodity price 
increases and fluctuations look like so I can go back and I can charge my customer. You know, Jason, that can be tens of millions of dollars in a quarter for a supplier, even a tier one. That's real money, right? And that's money that then they put into making better products for future vehicle lines, et cetera. So it's a heavy lift, um, again, but I think we're seeing a little bit more steady state kind of coming into play on that topic. Any final thoughts here from the Detroit Auto Show and your, your just what you've seen over the past few days? Well, I'm excited to see everybody out. It's really great to be together again in person, you know, where we go with it. Everybody really likes the idea of the auto show being in the summer months, so we're kind of hoping that you know, as, as, as we like to say, we, do, we don't have to have our wives wear high heels at the charity auto prom to, in the, you know, snow. In the snow and ice. <laughs> yeah, that's not a, never a good thing, but we're really happy that, you know, we're, we're able to showcase Detroit and uh, it's just been a gorgeous week. So I invite everybody, if they have the chance to come out and see the show when it goes public this weekend. Wonderful. Great to see you again, Bill. Thank you for your good thoughts. Good to be with you. Thank Thanks, you. Jason. That's this episode of Automotive Insiders. Remember to follow the program wherever your favorite podcast appears. And thanks again to my guest, Bill Newman of SAP. Thanks for listening to OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein. We'll talk to you again next time.